my name is Mick Kraszowski, and welcome to episode 51 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today is going to be a slightly different type of episode. I don't have a guest with me. I actually just wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about remote work and share some tips around how to work remotely and more specifically how to manage a remote team. Now, because of all this COVID stuff that's going on, I hope first of all that all of you guys listening are happy and um, healthy and that uh, you guys are staying safe. Uh, But I wanted to talk about the reality that we're in at the moment. Um, There are a lot of businesses that have now been forced to take their staff remote. And I've been hearing from a lot of friends that they're really struggling with working remotely and um, managers are struggling with uh, figuring out how to manage their teams now remotely. And the reality is that what has happened is that teams have been forced to adopt remote work before they've had the chance to, I think, understand and learn how to work remotely. And so that's why I wanted to make this episode specifically for those of you that may be new to this, that are now being forced to either work remotely. Um, I think that you guys are going to find some tips in here as well. Um, Or if you're a manager or somebody who owns a business, I think this is going to be hopefully really helpful for you to adopt some new practices to help you function remotely you know, for the foreseeable future. We don't know how long this is going to be going on. And so I think it's really important to learn a few different things about how to manage and and work uh, remotely. So if you're an employee of a company that has now, you know, is now you, you find yourself now working remotely, please pass this on to your manager or, you know, whoever, um, maybe your, your company owner, if it's a smaller company, just so that I think this is going to be really beneficial for them uh, and for everybody listening to kind of learn a a little bit about how to work remotely. So without further ado, like I said, we don't have a guest this time around, but I still think that this is a really important thing to talk about and that I wanted to share with you guys. And the very first thing that I want to talk about is why is this so important? The fact is that the way that your business handles this, I believe, will impact the way that your business is looked at for the next decade. Um, The reason why I believe that is that there are so many businesses and institutions that have been looked at differently after, you know, the last time that something like this really hit uh, our country was, I I think, 9-11. You know, this was one of those huge travesties that happened. Um, and the way the different people and the different institutions handled that, I think really reflected the way that those companies were looked at afterwards. And so I believe that the way that your company handles this is going to affect the way that your company is looked at over the next 10 years, uh, at the minimum, just to give you an example, imagine that, you know, you're, you know, there's a company that when this happened, just started laying off their coworkers in order to save, uh, you know, their, their profit margins. How do you think you're going to, how do you think that that company is going to be able to hire top talent afterwards? If that top talent, you know, it's, things are very clear now with, uh, you know, the internet, they can see what happened and how you reacted to, um, what is happening. I think that it's going to be really difficult for the 
companies that react in that way to actually hire top talent. On top of that, um, that's kind of like a very aggressive um, version of what I talked about, but I think just the way that you treat your employees right now, even if you're not laying them off, is going to really signal to both your employees and any future employees what kind of company you are. Um, I think that it's never been more important to look, I think it's always important to look at your employees as real human beings who have real things going on, but I think that has never been more true than right now. And so I think that that goes into my next point kind of, uh, you know, very easily, and that is that in remote work, trust is everything. When you work in an office setting, you know, if we imagine an office full of cubicles with the outsides of the office having the, you know, the offices that have the nice view and, you know, those offices have a glass wall between them and the cubicle section, it's really easy if you're one of those office dwellers, the person who has that management status, to look over the sea of cubicles and just kind of with an eye make sure that everybody's in their chair and everybody's in front of their computer and that they look like that they're doing something. And if you are one of the employees in that sea of cubicles, it's really easy to feel those eyes, you know, kind of burning in the back of your neck and you always know that somebody's looking. That does not work in a remote setting for very obvious reasons, right? You don't have that that physical, uh, that kind of physical space to know that there's somebody looking over, you know, your cubicle, or if you're the manager, you know, those people know that, you know, you, you can't look over them in that way. And I don't agree with that, that sort of, uh, you know, management style to begin with. But if, even if you're in like one of these companies where it doesn't feel like that, I do believe that there's still a little bit of that going on. You know, it's very easy, even if it's in like, in like a, in like a good way, it's so very easy as the manager to take a stroll through, you know, the desks and stuff like that where everybody else is working and just kind of check in on people and see how um, everybody's working. And that does not work in a remote setting. I've heard some horror stories from people about, you know, being told that uh, if they don't move their mouse every couple of minutes, it's going to be assumed that they're not working and that their pay is going to get docked. There's softwares out there that will take screenshots of your screen um, just to make sure that you are working on what you're supposed to be working on and that gets sent over to the manager. And I think that that is a terrible, terrible mistake um, because micromanagement, that sort of micromanagement does not work well in a remote setting. Uh, it immediately feels very totalitarian almost. And guess what? Your employees are going to find little loopholes around it. So if that is the way in which you're going to make your employees almost make sure that they're on task, I just don't think it's going to work. Um, a much better way to go about that in a remote setting is to actually have very clear and concise goals um, and tasks that need to be completed for your employees. Um, one of the things that I mentioned in a remote setting is that you really want to focus about the goals and expectations of your employees and not so much the hours that they actually spent doing it, right? In an office setting, it's really easy to say, hey, you get paid 
when you work from nine to five, right? And when that employee walks into the office at nine in the morning, their clock gets turned on. And when they walk out of the office at five o'clock, their clock gets turned off and that's their hours they're gonna get paid for. Well, for very clear reasons, that doesn't work so well um, in, a remote, in a remote work setting. So I think what's much more important is to actually look at what, do you, what does that employee need to get done um, for their work to be valued, right? So it, I don't believe that it matters so much how long they spent working on it. Um, what matters is that they get done what they're supposed to get done at the right times, right? It doesn't matter. Maybe they're super efficient. They know exactly what they're doing and they can get something done in two hours that might take somebody else six. Why does that matter? Why does it matter that it takes somebody X number of hours to complete something? What really matters is the outcome, right? And it's okay if that's not the way that you view this normally or that you maybe don't necessarily agree with my viewpoint on this. Um, but I think that in a remote work setting like we now find ourselves in, that is something that you should adopt. Uh, and the reason for that is that especially now, especially with everything that's going on, people are going to be distracted. You need to accept that people are not going to be as um, efficient as they were before. We're all worried about our loved ones and our families. We're all stressed. We have no idea what's going on. We don't know what the future looks like for us. On top of all that, many of your employees might be parents. And guess what? There's no more schools. Schools are shut down. So those parents are likely taking care of their kids. And you need to understand and accept the fact that, guess what? The nine to five structure that you're used to is just not going to work your employees are going to take breaks more often. They're gonna go have to you know, deal with the kids. They might have to go to handle something. And that's okay. And that's why um, I say that I think right now, it's okay if you don't believe this in the long term, that's totally fine. But I think that right now you really need to focus on thinking about not how long do your employees spend working, but how, how like what are the things that they need to get done and value their work based on that. So forget about, you know, I think that you should continue paying them if you have an employee that normally works 40 hours a week, continue to pay them as if they work 40 hours a week, but don't worry so much about the hours, worry much more if they're completing the things that, that you've decided that they need to complete. And that um, transitions into my tip. And this is kind of, I know that I've kind of been talking about not a lot of things that are very, um, concise and specific, but I just wanted to set a little bit of an understanding uh, in the beginning. Let me just take a sip of my beer here. Hey, I'm recording this during the weekend, and guess what? I wanted a nice cold beer. It's a good one. But moving into my very first tip, and that is that if you don't already have this, you should get it as quickly as possible, and that is a remote-friendly project management software. Why is this so important? If you agree with what I said earlier that, you know, right now it's not a good idea to focus on the amount of time that somebody spends working, but much more are they completing the tasks that they should be completing. No, having a software that is able to track everyone's tasks and everyone's projects becomes even more important than normal. Maybe in the past, only your project manager has really dealt with a software, but now everyone needs to get familiar with using a remote-friendly project management software. What makes a project management, project management software friendly? Well, 
the most important thing is that it should be online, obviously, uh, but also it should be very easy to use. My suggestion is Asana. The reason why I love Asana is because it is very easy to use and it can also grow with you. So no matter how complex your business is, I've heard of businesses that are huge that use Asana in some way or another. And I think that Asana is just really, really great. There's tons of tutorial videos out there. I'm sure you can go to YouTube and just search, you know, how does Asana work and you will kind of get a little tutorial. I won't go into it very deep. Uh, there, It's also free for a lot more features than you would expect. So if you're a smaller team, you might not even have to pay for it. But this is a really great way to start putting down everyone's tasks and tracking how they're working on it and also have discussions around those projects and tasks. So this is really important, guys. If you have not yet, if you don't have a remote-friendly project management software like Asana, there's tons of other ones out there. Trello is another one that's really popular. Um, I've heard really good things about Monday.com as well. I personally have never used it, and I'm resisting using it or testing it because they just like cram me with tons and tons of ads. Um, but I've heard really good things about that as well. So if that's something that, um, you're, that you like, and maybe you've seen those ads and it looks like, you know, something that you might enjoy, try that out as well. There's tons of them out there, but you really need to take, um, a day or two and do some research and find a project management software that is online, that is remote friendly, like Asana and get it set up within your business. Very, very important guys. The next task and uh, the next tip task, I'm thinking about project management software. <laughs> the, next, the next tip is to get a remote-friendly communication software. And the one that I suggest and I think a huge, huge majority of the people who work remotely uh, and the companies that function remotely use is Slack. Slack is fantastic. Imagine that it's like a normal texting app or something like that, uh, but it is meant for work. And the reason why I say that it's meant for work is that it allows you to very easily share things like files, or if you have web developers or coders, it allows you to even share code. Um, so it's very useful in work. You can also get a ton of different add-ons. Um, so if you use other softwares out there, like for example, I just mentioned Asana, um, you can actually have an integration between the two, Slack and Asana, so they communicate with each other. You can get notifications when tasks get completed, et cetera, et cetera. But having a dedicated communications space is very important now that everybody's spread out and everybody's working from home. Um, I don't think that email is good enough. I think that if you are hoping and relying on email being your communication, your communication tool within the company, and that being your only communication tool, you're gonna get in trouble. Um, I don't think that it's good enough, it's not um, easy to use enough, and it's not real time enough, um, the way that a Slack that's more of like a, that functions more like a messaging tool as opposed to a software tool is really gonna cut it. So Slack, it's totally free, I actually don't know, I know that there is a paid feature, but I don't really know many people who pay for Slack. So go ahead, go out there and check it out. You can have tons and tons of users um, and get Slack, get it. There's like really no reason why not to. I bet that 
even if you get it right now, just while you're working remotely, I bet that you're going to end up using it even when we do go back to the office. Um, it's, it's really great. Um, another thing about Slack that I will tell you right now, I plan on making a video and podcast all about some Slack tips because there's so many things that you can do with Slack. But one that I'm going to tell you right now, and this is almost like a, an, a separate tip, is to focus on using channels and not direct messages. Within Slack, just if you've never used it before, you can set up channels. And these channels can be essentially for each department in your, you know, in your company. So for example, if you have a, you know, like a coding, a tech web development um, department, you can have a channel for them. If you have a marketing department, you can have a channel just for them. If you have an accountant department, you can have one just for them. Support, same thing. And you can also send private messages, essentially like a direct message between you and another person and no one else gets to see that. I think that you should focus, and I believe this for remote companies in general, that remote companies when using Slack should focus all of their communication in channels and reduce as much as possible the use of direct messages. And here's why. It's very, very easy to feel almost left out in a remote setting. Imagine that you have a web development team of two people, right? You have two web developers that work for you and then you're the manager or the project manager or owner or whatever. And you end up having a conversation about a project in a direct message setting in Slack with one of those web developers. And you know how it is. You just start thinking about ideas. You kind of figure out what the project is going to look like. And over the conversation, what you've just done is almost leave the other web developer out of it. And it's really easy and I think understandable for that person now to feel left out. They've just realized that an entire project has been discussed and a lot of things and ideas might have been shared about that project. And they were never included in that because you started a direct message with one of the developers and it might have just started out as just like a simple question, but then it spiraled out into ideas and now the whole project has been discussed and your other web developer is kind of left out onto the sidelines. So I think that it's really important to focus on channels because it's also really easy now for the rest of your team to be caught up on what's going on. Even if there's a project that doesn't concern any of the, you know, it doesn't concern the other web developer, it's just one of them. It's still really good for that other web developer to know what's going on. The same way, if you would imagine, if we were back in an office that, you know, everyone can almost kind of know what's going on in the other departments because we're all in one office. It's really easy to, you know, on your walk over to the water cooler or to the kitchen or whatever, kind of even picking up one or two things about what's going on in the other departments and the other parts of the office can help you get a fuller sense of what's going on in the company. And so that's why I think you should keep transparency is really, really important, just like trust and remote work. And so I think that this adds that level of transparency that I think is so beneficial when working remotely. It just allows for everyone to know what's going on. And also on top of that, let's say that you know, we are dealing with a virus right now that's going around and affecting a lot of people and lots of people are getting sick. Um, imagine that, you know, knock on wood, one of your, you know, one of your web developers gets sick and knock on wood that, you know, they're fine after a couple of weeks and they get better. 
Um, we won't think about the worst case scenario here, hopefully. But imagine they just get sick and they need to step away. They're not able to work for a week or two. Now it's really important for that other person that has the same qualifications and the same skills as the person who's sick to be able to jump in and take care of the work that that person is not able to get done. And it's really helpful for all the conversations that have gone on about that project to be in a place that is accessible to everyone because they can go back in the conversation, they can see what has been discussed, why maybe certain things are being done the way that they are instead of another way. So that's why I know I just laid out a couple of different scenarios, but I think that it's really, really important to focus conversations in Slack in those channels so there's more transparency within the team. Everybody knows what's going on and there's not just like, you know, pieces of information that uh, are getting left out and forgotten in direct messages. So I know I, I dove in a little bit deeper on that than I expected to. Uh, I wasn't planning on diving in that deep, but I really think that that's important and can it sounds like a small thing, but it can cause a huge, um, it can be a real difference maker in your company. Another tip <clears throat> moving on from Slack is to hold routine stand-up, quote-unquote, stand-up meetings. And the reason why I think they're called stand-up meetings, to be honest, is they shouldn't be very long. You should essentially be able to stay standing up for the entirety of the meetings and not feel like you need to sit down. At least that's why I've always thought they're called stand-up meetings. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me know. Um, but they should be no longer than 20 to 30 minutes. And 30 minutes kind of being an extreme, guys. Um, and you should hold these meetings at the beginning of the week, maybe on like a Monday or a Tuesday. And you use these meetings to establish what everyone is working on. This is can differ from company to company, depending on your team size. Um, maybe, you know, just it just depends on how your company functions and how your team interacts and stuff like that. But it's really good for everyone to kind of say, hey, this week I'm working on X, Y, and Z. And now everyone else around them knows what's going on. Again, this goes back to transparency like we talked about in Slack. It's really good for everybody on the team. And if you have a huge, um, by the way, if you have a huge company, like maybe 50, 60 people, obviously this isn't realistic. So you can actually break this up based on departments and then you should have a separate department stand-up call. So if you imagine kind of like, um, the pyramid of this is you as the company owner can have a stand-up meeting call with all of your team leads and discuss what is each team going to do this week and what are the deliverables of this week. And then that team lead would then have a call, a stand-up call with the entire team to discuss, hey, here's what our goal is as the team, what is, you know, now, because this is a really good way to play in with that project management software, everybody can see what tasks are due for them this week. And so that they can even just saying it out loud, hey, this week, you know, based on Asana, I have this, this and this going on and I'm going to complete it by so and so. You can almost kind of like play out uh, the way that those tasks and those projects are going to get completed. Imagine in your team, you can say, hey, you know, I have, like I said, X, Y and Z to do this week. Um, Joe, can you help me out with this thing? Uh, I've never done it before. I might need some help. I know that you have some experience in it. Or if there's like, you know, different parts, if you don't have a huge company and you can all get and you can get this done in one call, this is a really great place for your different positions, you know, the people that handle different things within your company to say, hey, I'm going to need that report from you guys over there, you know, so that I can get my task that's due done this week. So this is like a really great way to have a little bit of a, of a conversation 
um, with your company and your team as you get started on the week. It's, it's, and it's also a really great way to uh, put in a little bit of FaceTime. I, I think that having your video on should be manda- uh, should you know be enforced. You have to have your video on so that you can make sure that people are listening. And it just also really helps to see your coworkers and your team. Um, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of people having their video cameras turned off. It's not about how you look. Don't feel like you need to get out of your sweatshirt or your hoodie or whatever. That doesn't matter. It's just about seeing people's faces and having the communication almost, even though we're not in person and we can't do actual face-to-face conversation, it's still good to have, to be able to talk to somebody and not like a blank screen or an avatar. My final tip, um, and to some of you guys, this might not seem very important, but I think it's really important, and that is to continue having fun uh, and to consider setting up a weekly water cooler call, okay? What is a water cooler call? For company culture and to um, kind of retain that camaraderie, it's, I think, in an office setting that walking over and kind of bumping into people on your way to the bathroom or on your way to the kitchen, whatever it is, and just having a little bit of chit chat that is not work related. You know, hey, Joe, how's the family? You know, how's your mom or your dad? How is, you know, I, you know, I heard you were working on this project. How is that going? You know, I remember you mentioning that, that that sort of conversation is really important to establish a, a real camaraderie within your team. And I think that that should not end if your team has to, is now forced to work remotely. Set up a water cooler call. Maybe it can be at the end of the end of the week. It can be like a happy hour call. You know, everybody gets on the call at five o'clock once, you know, everybody clocks out and work is done for the week and has a beer and just kind of shares, hey, you know, how's your family doing? You know, just kind of having that conversation is really important. It will also boost spirits and will keep people feeling, I don't know, happy, connected to everyone. It's so easy now that we're all quarantined and stuck in our houses to feel separate and separated from our team and the people that we work with and the people that we get projects done with every week. And I think having this sort of, even if it's just one call, 30 minutes, an hour, you know, just once a week having that um, is a really good way to boost morale. It doesn't have to be, you know, mandatory. You don't have to be there. Um, I think mandatory is the right word there. You know, if people have to go handle stuff, they can go handle stuff. Um, but for anybody who wants to kind of like join in, have a beer with the rest of their coworkers, hear how their week is going. It's super important. And, and I think really beneficial. And actually you can even set up, I've seen this before is you can set up a water cooler, uh, channel, in Slack or something like that, where conversations could be a bit more general, a little bit more fun. Um, I've seen people have like uh, TV show channels uh, in Slack where people talk about, you know, uh, new TV shows and people who are really into, for example, this was really big when Game of Thrones was on. And there were, I've seen even in our company, we had a Game of Thrones channel where we could just every morning, every Monday morning after uh, an episode had aired, we would just talk about Game of Thrones. And yes, you know what? Those hours spent are probably not billable. Um, you can't get an ROI on those hours, but I think that they're really important to keep that team culture, that team camaraderie going. All right, you guys, those are some of my general tips for remote work. Now, obviously, this is not a cure-all. Those are not 
you know, all the things that you need to know. And then what, if you learn these and implement them, it doesn't mean that you're going to immediately now be a wizard and your team is going to be perfect at working remotely. But I think that if you are new to this and you're being forced into it, right. And you're kind of the fact that you're being forced into it, into doing work this way means that you haven't had time to prepare. You haven't probably put in the correct infrastructures to make this easier. And I think that this is a really good starting point to get that infrastructure in place. Because like I said, we, you know, we hope that this is going to be over soon. We're going to be able to go back to our regular lives as soon as possible, but we actually just don't know how long this is going to take. So it's good to get this infrastructure in now and start learning how to work remotely. All right, you guys, that's it for me. Um, I hope that those tips have been helpful and stay tuned. We're going to have much more content like this coming out with more remote work tips. We're going to keep the interviews going as well. We've got some really cool interviews coming up, but I hope to hear from you guys. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. And if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at mitco at thatremotelife.com or you can hit me up on Instagram with any questions that you may have. I'm at at mitkoka. That's M-I-T-K-O-K-A on Instagram. All right, you guys. Stay safe and stay healthy.